You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. We are finishing up Matt's power rankings now. A quarter of the way through the 2020 season, the top 16 teams in the NFL today, according to Matt Williamson. And some news around the league, a quarterback shakeup and unfortunately more COVID positive tests. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa. To help support your community because where and how you shop matters, visa everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Let's start in Washington, Matt. Dwayne Haskins has been benched, and not only is he not the starting quarterback anymore, and by the way, go check out Chris Russell, the host of Locked On Washington Football Teams podcast. On more on this subject, Alex Smith is actually the number two now, so Haskins all the way from one to number three, and Kyle Allen will be the starter in Washington going forward. This is an interesting move. Feels a little early to me. Yeah, and the timing's a little odd, too, because we heard these rumblings before this past game, and not that Haskins was great, and stats can certainly lie, and a lot of it was garbage time versus prevent defenses, but he threw for over 300 yards and made some plays, and, you know, I had said going into that game, I thought Washington, you know, Haskins was was probably getting the worst quarterback play in the league thus far, so I kind of understand it, but it seemed like he, you know, I thought he played a little better. I mean, again, the, the bar was very low. Uh, I don't think it's coincidental or trivial that they did trade for Allen. You know, they gave something up for him, and he has some ability. He was really poor last year, but there's that Carolina connection between Rivera and Allen. I think they trust him. They like him. Um, not that they, I'm not saying they hate Haskins or anything like that, but your note on Alex Smith being the two is a big one. First of all, good for him. He's healthy, obviously, or he wouldn't be able to dress. And I wonder, I mean, is it time now that it's like a Rosen situation with Haskins or, you know, does somebody out there offer Washington a third round pick for the guy and sit him behind Brady or Ben or somebody like that and see what happens to him a year from now? You know, the reason I like this the least isn't because it's too early to give up on a young quarterback, but you have to fully, you have to make the full evaluation. So unless you know he is absolute garbage and there's no way that he's ever going to play quarterback for your team and there's no way anybody's ever going to offer you a draft pick for him, you got to let the guy play. And I know that Ron Rivera and everybody in Washington wants to win some games and maybe Kyle Allen is marginally better right now, but that hurts you in the long run if he helps you win a game or two, and now you don't have that number one overall pick or number two overall pick, and that quarterback that could be the one that is the savior of the franchise is now out of reach for you at the top of the draft, so there's multiple levels of this that don't make any sense at all to me, and most of all, you have to have the clearest, most full evaluation of... Dwayne Haskins as you can as a football player when this season ends. And I think the only way you get the the best, fullest evaluation you can is if he's playing as much as possible. 
Right, right. I mean, I always think, you know, like I mentioned this with Miami yesterday, like it would be a crime if they didn't know after the year a lot about Tua or at least right. see enough of Haskins in this new system, you know, last year's tape aside to say, I know he's not the guy. Maybe they do. I mean, they're much closer to it than us, obviously. This move implies that they're saying, we know he's not the guy. But Kyle Allen isn't either, to your point. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like we have this great young guy on the, you know, that we can't wait to get in the game. Um, he's fine. Maybe he'll be better than he was last year in Carolina, but not by much. Um, and again, I assume they're going to be in the market for Trey Lance or Lawrence or whomever yet again this year. Do you think there's maybe something to this from a valuation or development perspective where it's like, okay, and because the, the fact he went to number three makes me think, oh, so he's not even going to have a uniform on, right, when they play again the next time. Right. Do they, is it beneficial for a quarterback? Okay, you played some games. This is what you're doing wrong. Here's somebody that we trust that is an NFL veteran quarterback. Sit, don't even have a uniform on. You're not going to get in this game. Sit and watch. Now you're going to come back in and start in a couple weeks. Do you think that's a possibility here? And presumably, he's not going to get any reps in practice this week or as the three. I mean, he might run scout team at this point, which is really a slap in the face, too. I mean, maybe they think the young man needs taught a lesson. You know what I mean? Like, he's not working hard enough. And he did hear some of those rumblings his rookie year. Or, you know, my my kind of thought when I heard the, the number three thing, and I hadn't heard that till you said it, was – I wonder if the Bears are about to send him a third round pick or Gruden in Jacksonville wants to add him. You know, somebody that liked them, uh. just that maybe there's a deal in place that we don't know about. You know, I mean, that's a total guess by me. Right. Uh, you know, just uh, reading between the lines. But that would make some sense because just on the surface, I don't know how you bench him already and give up on him already. It just, it, yes. uh, every level hey, of it this, doesn't run make the a lot scout of sense. team for us, Wayne. And by the way, like, you mentioned how there are rumblings even before last week about it. From I think it was a tweet from Ian Rappaport talking about how there was um, that Washington could quote move on from Dwayne Haskins if he continues to struggle and obviously it happened very quickly after that was reported and Haskins agent stuck up for him and I wonder if this plays into it at all but I think his agent has a little bit of a point his agent responding to that was and this was on October 4th said amazing this is the narrative coming out of DC a young quarterback 10 starts total over two seasons who is in a brand new system with no offseason in said new system, a young offensive line, limited weapons on offense, and only three games into the NFL season, yet he is the one that must play well. So that's Haskins' <laughs> agent sticking up yeah. for him, and he's got a point. He does, and he's played. this tape is bad, but it's way too early to throw away a first-round pick for nothing. I mean, uh, <laughs> or to say that he's got no chance to be a really good quarterback. I mean, I, I look at it as a buying opportunity if I'm 31 other teams to say, okay, I'll give you a third. I mean, at this point, don't you think Washington would take a third from any random team and, and the way that this is going, just kind of reading it from where we're sitting? Yes, not knowing more than just the reported surface stuff about this, it would seem – a third, I would jump on it in a heartbeat, and that they might not, yeah. you know, I'd be if I was a team calling, I'd start it with a fifth or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, I hear you, but I keep thinking of these teams that have the old veteran that might not be around long: Atlanta, Tampa, Pittsburgh, those type of teams. That sure, we'll sit you on the bench and learn behind a great one for a year or two, and see what happens, and get you on the cheap. You can still sling it. Man, this is this will be a wild draft season with all the teams that could potentially be vying for a top spot and top quarterback and Trey Lance 
did officially declare for the NFL draft. And obviously Trevor Lawrence is there. If if Texans have the worst record in the league and then Miami has the number one and they already have Tua, what kind of a shakeup that could be. And uh, Would probably, the New York teams pull the trigger right, on a quarterback? Each New York yeah. team could be up there with young quarterbacks. Washington with a young quarterback could be up there. It's a number of scenarios that'll be fascinating. So more on that as this the season and offseason gets closer. There are some COVID cases. We've got to talk about this really quick before we get yeah, to the rest stinks. of your power rankings. And I don't like the sound of this. Diana Rossini reporting for ESPN that the Raiders, that a Raiders player has tested positive for COVID-19. Another player in New England now, already Cam Newton, now Stephon Gilmore. So this is two star players in New England. It happens is, to be really good players for right, them. Has been placed on the COVID reserve list. That wasn't reported as a positive test. Maybe whoever Cam Newton was in contact with and they did some contact tracing because the COVID-19 list could be someone who's been in contact with the virus, but maybe doesn't test positive. So maybe that's the scenario with Gilmore. Maybe Gilmore and Newton went somewhere one time and maybe they think that's where this came from. Who knows? I, I mean, I'm just speculating. Yeah. I have no idea, but that's not reported yet as a positive test. The one that scares me is the delayed positive test. Now two more Titans players have tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. First of all, COVID has not been kind to the Patriots. When you factor in all the opt-outs yes. and your starting quarterback and the defensive player of the year now, like, Holy smokes, that's a lot to overcome. And side note, you know, watching that Patriot Chiefs game, it made me think, wow, what if this team hadn't signed Cam Newton and were really going to go into 16 games with Hoyer and Stidham? I mean, they they might have been a they might have been in the Trey Lance conversation. Anyway, um, the Raider one, okay. It, it I hate it's popping up in multiple areas and multiple teams, of course. Patriots got hit hard with big names, but Tennessee, like there's some rumblings that they've kind of not taken it seriously Mm. and aren't distancing and not using their masks and potentially could have fines and things. I think that's probably going too far, but it keeps popping up there and it's pretty disturbing. And it makes me wonder, are the Titans going to miss two games in a row now and not play the bills this week? I mean, that's the one I think is a possibility and then gets really hard it, it, you know they move things around well to make up for their game against Steelers that they they miss, but they do, I don't think their the schedule has it in it to do for two. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that as easily. You definitely can't do it as easily for two because you only have one bye week in the NFL, so other yeah. contingency plans have to be made. And uh, absolutely, I could see some and, right. You know, that's eleven total players that uh, in Tennessee. So and the fact that it's a week later too. So the delayed positives is very worrisome because it's either they're doing something wrong and continually getting a new cases, or it's taking that much time of an incubation period for the positive test to happen. So other players could potentially have it and still be passing it, even though they weren't originally positive, which is even scarier. I think that's a scary thing too, is I don't know a lot about this disease, but I mean, if it's popping up a week later when you thought everybody was in the clear, that just from an NFL perspective is really frightening going forward. All right, let's get to some more positive news. The top 16 teams in the NFL, according to Matt Williamson at the quarter poll, coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Did you know there are new flavors of Built Bar? If you've had Built Bars in the past, you know how good they are, and they've got some fantastic new flavors that you should be excited to try. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Uh, They've got their 12 original flavors as well. 
you've heard me talk about the peanut butter flavor that I love. Double chocolate's good. Uh, mint brownies also one of my favorites. 18 fantastic flavors to choose from. You can get a box of just one flavor and get multiple boxes. You can build your own box of built bars as well. They're covered in 100% delicious chocolate. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, soft and easy to chew. Great if you're health conscious, trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber bar that is also great for a keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. No stock up, stock down on this Wednesday edition, as we have been doing weekly, and it's a fun segment. We'll get back to it next week, but there is some stock up and stock down, I think, baked into the power rankings. So, And by the way, if you didn't hear yesterday's show, go back and listen to the bottom 16 teams in the NFL. Definitely some stock ups and stock downs there as well. And just to preface this again, Matt, this is right now, if these teams lined up in week five, this isn't projecting what these teams are going to look like come January. Right. It's how good are you right now? Right this second. Let's get going with the 16th best team in the NFL right now, which is the Dallas Cowboys putting up crazy points. They've put up the most. Let's see. Where is this stat that I saved? They have put up the most passing yards in the NFL to wide receivers. Another team on the list is the Atlanta Falcons, uh, two teams in the top four sure. that have gone off on offense, but they can't stop anybody on defense. Cowboys are a team that on paper should be a lot better, and they were a lot better last time we checked in with the preseason power rankings, stocked down all the way down to 16, despite what they're able to do on offense right now. Yeah, I was really high on this team and thought their front seven on defense was going to be pretty good. Um, I thought the secondary might be a work in progress, but they'd get away with it because the offense is so strong and Dak's throwing for 450 a game every week. And is the offense is really as good as it's ever been, but as good as it is, they might have to lean on Zeke a little bit more just to help the defense. I mean, the defense, they have blown assignments. Their effort is poor. I mean, I rarely say that about NFL teams, but they are not running to the ball and playing hard. And I think it's noteworthy that their, their defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, he was out of football for a couple of years comes in, puts a new system in, and he's probably rusty as a coach, too. I mean, that's a kind word, maybe. And there's, you know, was this the year to do that and make those kind of changes with a coach that hasn't been in the loop for a while? The NFL is such a strange place, and it's a closed circuit in a lot of ways, and it's really funny to see how incestuous it is in a lot of ways and to watch uh, a coaching staff from that I saw very closely that was a really bad team in 2005 they drafted uh, that was the year they passed on Aaron Rodgers the 49ers did to draft Alex Smith number one overall head coach Mike Nolan his offensive coordinator for one season was Mike McCarthy before McCarthy went to the Packers and ended up with Aaron Rodgers now they're both back together with flipped scripts with McCarthy the head coach and Mike Nolan is his defensive coordinator in Dallas, which was 15 years ago. So um, it's pretty amazing to see how all that comes full circle. And I think it's a good point about the changing of schemes. And we talked about it with a young quarterback. I mean, it's hard enough for veteran players to change schemes, let alone think about a, a rookie quarterback with Dwayne Haskins. His head must be spinning in his second year in the NFL in Washington uh, because we're seeing how difficult it is for veterans on an NFL roster 
on defense right now in Dallas. And maybe that's it, or maybe they just don't have enough talent. So uh, it's one of those two things, because something definitely is going on in defense in Dallas. They're bad, bad. Awful. Two teams I did not expect to see above Dallas on your power rankings this soon in the season. That is number 14, the Cleveland Browns, and number 15, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and I've been hard on the Browns, but I think they're playing quite well. They just, you know, went crazy on Dallas. They're putting up over 30 points a game to Cleveland. I'm not a Baker believer, but they're working around him extremely well. Chicago's, I think, still has huge quarterback problems. Back to our question of, you know, who would who would like to be in the quarterback market this offseason? I don't know that anybody's worse off than Chicago. I think we'll see Trubisky again. But they're three and one and the defense is playing well. And I tend to think that this they might be declining though if we do this like a month from now they might be 22nd let's see if i can tie in every team in the top 16 to washington <laughs> uh just really quick it's it's funny because you mentioned trubisky there in the quarterback situation looking so we, we we talked about how it's too soon for Dwayne haskins to give up on him but then you look at chicago and it's like well they waited way too long so maybe washington has something right maybe they know they're like yeah you know what this guy doesn't have it. it's pretty clear and if chicago would have done that sooner maybe they'd be in a lot better place right now I mean, I guess if you know, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Like, boy, this is not our guy. Time to move on. Let's not keep, you know, uh, trying to put a Band-Aid over this problem. Um, but I think Chicago knows, too. I mean, whether they want to admit it or not, they should know. Yeah, and I, I think it's a stock up for Chicago because of what their record looks like right now. But I, I don't know that Nick Foles is the savior either. So it might be more of the same and they just kind of end up in the middle of the road by the end of the season. Maybe defense is good, you know. Cleveland put up 49 points on the Cowboys. Where do you think Cleveland ends up? It's a tough division for them to be in right now. Is this a playoff football team? If you look at seven teams in the in each conference, obviously, I think Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Indy or Tennessee, and then probably the other one of those, and Cleveland gets in with the Bills being the only team in the East. So, they would probably be my seventh pick in the in the in the AFC right now. So that gets you in. I mean, that doesn't mean it's a guarantee, obviously, but that gets you in. Do you think the Indianapolis Colts are now the front runners in the AFC South? They are now your thirteenth ranked team in the NFL. I guess so, and I think COVID helps them in their defense. You know, for, versus Tennessee, I mean. I have Tennessee ranked over the Indy, as you can tell. I think they're the better team right now, but I don't know how this situation hurts the Titans and can't help them. Um, healthy and ready to roll, I think Tennessee's the better team. I think Indy's offense is really worrisome, but their defense is awesome. I like what's going on with Indy because they have an opportunity to to keep games close. And I think they have enough talent on offense to win those close games, and they have enough defense. It looks like one of the best defenses in the NFL right now to yeah. keep everything close enough. And Phillip Rivers isn't going to put a team on his back at this point in his career, but he's still a good quarterback, and he's not going to screw up too bad, I don't think. And, you know, you can you can win some games like that. And I, I like the recipe. And with how bad teams are on defense right now, I think it stands out even more to see a team that's actually playing really good defense in Indianapolis. So I would probably have them even over Tennessee. You have them very close you? here. You have the Colts at 13, you have Tennessee at 11 and that's totally fair too. But, um, I'll, and the me, team in between new England, I right. really think you could take those three teams and throw them in a bag and shake them up. 
the Cam Newton thing Maybe. really hurts New England. Yeah, I don't right? know what to do about that. And, right. And so that's really tough to say. Okay, well, I mean, if you're so you you put Cam Newton at twelve, or but you put New England at twelve, but that's with Cam Newton, right? If Cam Newton you knew wasn't going to start next week, how much lower would they be? I was say I guess I kind of broke my own rules there. And if you look at the Patriots, how good are they right now? And I assume Newton's not in that equation. I think I would put them behind Minnesota, you know, right in that Chargers, Vikings, Eagles. They're better than the Eagles. 17 or 18 neighborhood, maybe 19. Oh, by the way, really quick, back to Indianapolis. You sent me something yesterday that was yards per play differential that yeah. was super interesting. And it was a little bit surprising. So essentially what this is, is offensive yards per play. And then you subtract out the defensive yards per play that a team is giving up, right? Which gives you mm-hmm. the the yards per play differential. Are you positive or are you negative? So one yard per play is is pretty big here, and and that's sort it's of what massive. We're the best teams in the league one point right. one differential, and they're on the positive side of yards per play, more offense than given up on defense. And at the bottom end of the spectrum, it's one point two, the worst teams you would expect. Uh, you know, the New York Jets at the very bottom, they're minus one point two in the yards per play differential when you. Compare both offense and defense. The number two team in the NFL in differential is or actually tied for first. I'm tied sorry. First, yeah. In the NFL is the Indianapolis Colts of 1.1 positive yards per play differential. The number one defensive rank giving up only 4.4 yards per play. And on offense, they're gaining 5.5 yards per play. Yeah, I mean, you're only allowing 4.4 yards per play. That doesn't sound terrible because if you hand it to a running back and he gets 4.4 yards per play, you're per, you know, per rush, you're happy. But there's so many 60-yarders, 70-yarders, things like that. If you're under five, you're quite good. They're at 4.4. You know, if you're over 0.5 in differential, you know, you're, if your offense is averaging half a yard more per play than your defense allows, you should win an awful lot of games. And the Colts are over a whole, whole yard better. <laughs> And it's mostly on their defense because their offense ranks 22nd. I mean, their their formula has become very obvious. It's going to be a lot of Jonathan Taylor behind a good offensive line and play great defense, win close games. And we'll find out who that other team tied with Indianapolis for the, yeah, the top yards yeah. per play differential in the league. Might be a little bit of a shocker. Top 10 of Matt Williamson's power rankings coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Matt, number 10 on your 2020 quarter season power rankings is? The L.A. Rams. I think they're a pretty good team. I think their offense is very well-rounded. They stumbled a little but still got a win against the Giants team that, frankly, wasn't a great matchup for them. Giants do one thing well. They stop the run, and we know that's where things start for the Rams. And the Giants were an absolute desperate team with their last chance to redeem their season and kept it close. So I didn't ding the Rams too hard for that. We'll get to Seattle as well. Like they, I wasn't going to kill Seattle for not blowing out the Dolphins or killing the Rams for not blowing out the Giants. I mean, uh, style points aren't that important. I'm in on the Rams. uh, And I think there was a, too much made about a Super Bowl hangover last year where they were still a 9-7 and seven team and still would have made the playoffs in the current playoff format. So they weren't as bad as maybe you think, oh, they fell off no. the map and they've got a lot of problems there. And I still have some questions about how their the roster is built. But this is a good team, and they're absolutely a top-10 team. I agree with you, and I, they're going to be in the playoff hunt till the very end. Can they uh, outlast teams in the playoffs is my biggest question right now with the Rams because I definitely think they are going to be in the tournament. I do too. I mean, big picture – 
their roster depth worries me. Yes. You know, when we get to November, December, and, you know, people are hanging on for dear life. Number nine is the New Orleans Saints. They're a stock down team, Matt. They were up in the top three or four for you. I can't remember exactly where they were in the preseason power rankings. Three. They were yeah. number three, yes. Yeah. So uh, um, a stock down for the Saints, still a pretty good roster. They've had, you know, a bunch of injured players as numerous teams have in the NFL, including the, the next team on the list, the San Francisco 49ers at number eight, which dropped from either two or four all the way down to number eight. So both those teams really banged up and uh, really just trying to stay afloat at two and two at this point in the season. Yeah, we should probably lump them together as we did because all through the offseason, I said over and over, I thought there were four elite teams, two in the AFC, Kansas City and Baltimore, and then New Orleans and San Francisco in the NFC. And my tune hasn't changed that much. I mean, I wish Nick Bosa was in that equation and, you know, things like that, obviously. But to your point, I trust both these organizations quite a bit. I think they're getting over the rough stretch of their season. And hopefully, you know, a month from now, these guys are back in the top five of power ranks. I think that's very possible. You know, New Orleans played last week. I mean, their inactive list was crazy. It was Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Andres Pete, Marshawn Lattimore, on and on and on and on. Like, it's hard to win that way. Since you mentioned the 49ers. Yes, yards per play differential. They're your eighth-ranked teams here. They are tied with Indianapolis for the top yards per play differential in the NFL, again buoyed by the defense. They are the second-ranked defense in the NFL, giving up 4.8 yards per play despite all of the injuries, and still in the top 10 offensively, which is a Kyle Shanahan thing. He's always going to be yards per play up there, even with backup quarterbacks, 5.9 yards per play on offense. Real quick, I mean, I talked a lot this offseason and during COVID about that huge spreadsheet I put together. Well, that whole project started with yards per play and just kept adding things to it and columns to it. And your Niners last year, I think, were the only team both offensively and defensively in the top five. And this year, they're not too far off. Well-rounded. Right, and they could get a lot better on offense once Garoppolo is back. And Debo is now going to play. He was sort of a role player his first game back, getting into game shape, as they called it. Might have gained a couple pounds. Debo Samuel's so thick. And obviously, uh, George (laughs) Kittle makes that offense go, and then they're developing a rookie wide receiver. So a better offense to come, I think, for the 49ers there. And uh, defensively, as long as they can get over the loss of Bosa for the rest of the year, they're getting Richard Sherman back uh, either this week or next week. Things will be okay there, but a tough schedule again for the 49ers. Without question. Number seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. People were burying him and anointing the new king of the league in quarterback Justin Herbert against the Chargers last week. And Tom Brady said, I'm not done yet. I'm going to throw five touchdown passes and remind you who the GOAT is. Yeah, and they play tomorrow night. Somewhat a little little bit of a scary game for them, though. I mean, Mike Evans' injury looked bad, and he was fine. You know, he came, I mean, it wasn't fine, but he played well. He came back. Will he play on a super short week? You'll lose OJ Howard doing Achilles. I'm sure Godwin's not going to play, but their defense is really solid while they work on things on offense. And you're right. You know, Brady's starting to look like Brady and starting to get very comfortable. Their first round pick, by the way, Tristan Wirfs is a really good player. Yes, all reports, and I haven't evaluated much myself since he got into the league, but all reports are he's playing at already like a all pro level, like one of the better right tackles in the league. Yeah, you're right. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming in at number six. We're getting into the stock up portion of this list, Matt. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers in really good shape right now in the AFC North. This is going to be a fun division to watch down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And the Bills are at five. I was really torn between the two. 
And I'll be honest, I figured I would appease the fans that give me a hard time about the Steelers, <laughs> and I just sided against them what I thought was really a tie, Bills or Steelers. Who would you vote with those two? I would pick the Steelers. Steelers didn't play much. Of, I mean, the first three games, they didn't beat quality opponents. I would but. probably pick the Steelers neutral field to win by not very many points, but I'd pick the Steelers mm-hmm. straight up today. But it's very close. I mean, I, I, I like where these teams are right now. And uh, every week I'm becoming more and more of a believer in the Bills and, and Josh Allen, who's putting up Absolutely. legitimate MVP-type season right now. The number So number five is the Buffalo Bills, and I'm buying that. on the Bills, what yeah. might shock people is – their defense has been the problem. I mean, they're only 21st on my yards per play. I mean, usually the Bills' D is the strength of the team. It's the offense is fifth. I bet the Bills get the defense part right, though. I mean, I bet that's going to trend up. Right, which means they're going to be playing even better yeah. if Josh Allen stays at the level he's at right now. And it's helped right. him exactly. immensely, I think, to have Stephon Diggs in there. So the, that's definitely one of the reasons I'm buying Buffalo Bills stock right now. Stock way up for the Bills. Stock up for the Seattle Seahawks. They're they sort of have the same they have the same vibe going on as the Dallas Cowboys. They're just winning games instead right. of the Cowboys who are losing games and the Cowboys defense playing worse even than Seattle. But Seattle on offense, I mean, uh, the first quarter of the season, I think my vote would go to Russell Wilson for MVP of the league. But there Me might too. be somebody else above him on this list that has something to say about that. I think he would edge out Josh Allen, who would be in consideration there. But uh, Seattle just finds a way to win, even though I'm not sure if that defense is championship ready right now. No, I mean, back to the yards per play thing. It's kind of startling. They're right in the middle because they're second on offense. at 6.7 yards per play, which is huge. But they allow 6.5 on defense. But they have Russell Wilson, so they go high up on my list. And Seattle has always bucked all trends when it comes to winning games oh. and rosters. And, and I mean, yeah. Russell Wilson helps so much there. But it's odd to see this Seattle team and see the script flipped. We talked about the Buffalo Bills sort of the same way. And so the one thing that I'm thinking for a lot of these teams, Dallas uh, is another one, that I think around the league defenses have to regress to the mean a little bit and play better. So maybe some of the teams with defensive woes right now, it's a, it's a function of what's going on in the season. And maybe it's not as big of a deal as it looks for some of these teams. I don't know. Could be. I mean, there's so many points being scored. Some of these defenses are going to shape up. Number three is, and they dropped very slightly for you. The Baltimore Ravens, they were number two, right? Coming into the season, they're at number three. They're pretty much the team we thought they were. Only one loss on the season. Uh, this is, is going to be one of the best teams in the AFC, and they are playoff bound. I'm going to stamp them, which is not saying a lot. Um, and they're going to go as far as their quarterback can lead them. Still some development to go, though, for for Lamar Jackson, I think, that we're seeing right now. He's not a finished yeah. product at all, which is scary because he's still amazing. Right, and... Even before their Chiefs game, I had them at one in my power ranks. Like, I thought, man, they're even better than last year. I've taken a little step back on that, though. You know, I mean, I think Lamar's having, by a a very elite standard, is struggling a little. The defense isn't quite as dominant as I thought. Um, They're running the ball fine, but not in a dominant manner. I think the league has a better idea what to expect from the offense. And if they get behind, they're in trouble. So, I still think the Ravens are a powerhouse, but they're not playing like a powerhouse right now. 
And I like what you put in your blurb here. And by the way, you can find this whole list at Pro Football Network done by Matt Williamson. Seeing Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews getting back on track and getting that passing game more because they were... I was all in on Marquise Brown having a monster yeah. season in his second year with Lamar Jackson. They've been a little bit off, and they've missed. And there's been times where they could have had big plays, and they couldn't have them. So, uh, and they 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 couldn't connect. So, seeing that start to come together a little bit, I think, is huge for Baltimore. And again, we're early in this season, no preseason games. This is going to be a powerhouse team in December. I think so. I I have I have little faith that they're going. I have a lot of faith that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. And there's not many teams I would say that for that have a good chance to raise the Lombardi. Stock up the Green Bay Packers coming in all the way up at number two, Matt, in your current power rankings, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Who's your, who gets your MVP vote right now? Wilson, but Green Bay's the best offense in the league yards per play. Their defense hasn't been great. Rodgers has raised all ships, and I was listening to the uh, the Move the Sticks podcast with, with with Bucky and DJ on there, and they had a really good analysis that I wanted to make sure our listeners had, and it goes back to your Shanahan thing. I mean, these teams that are running strict Shanahan offenses, most of them have Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo-like quarterbacks, you know, where they make the quarterback – not that they mask him, but they make his life really easy. And their point was, wow, what what happens when that offense is clicking in year two, but it's a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, at the top yes. of his powers. And that's what we're seeing right now in Green Bay is they're killing it off play action and all the motion and the manipulating of defenses that Kyle Shanahan does so well. But their signal caller is a top five guy in the league, too. Right, and Aaron Rodgers had to buy into some of that stuff because he had talked about in the past that he wasn't into so much motion, and he's kind of bought in. So year two, people were thinking, ah, is this a bad marriage with LaFleur and Rodgers and Green Bay? But no, year two showing it's not. Then you have another factor of maybe a little fire lit under Aaron Rodgers because of the quarterback selected in the first round by the Packers. And then a third factor, which is the one thing that makes me pump the brakes a little bit on Green Bay, I want to see a bigger sample, is some of the defenses they've played. The Vikings, the Lions, and the Falcons so far in the first uh, three out of the four weeks. And then the Saints was the other game there. And they haven't played as good as they should be playing either. So I, I want to see some tougher opponents on defense for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But, man, uh, you have, you've got to be impressed with what's going on there right now. It looks like a very good situation in year two in that offense for Aaron Rodgers. That leaves the number one team, if you're keeping track at home, the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, my only note on them is everyone knows what the Chiefs are, but their defense is playing pretty darn well, too. Like, give that side of the ball some credit. I mean, they are making plays on that side of the ball. They've been stingier than they than I thought they'd be. Chiefs D's all right. I don't think we need to say much more about the Kansas City Chiefs. No. They're, uh, they're a powerhouse team. They're playing good on both sides of the ball. they got the best player in the league. I think that's I do have one it. Casey note, though. Okay. I, I happen to have the Football Outsiders special teams ranks up in front of me because I don't watch any special teams, so I might just cheat and look at theirs. Casey's 32. Worst special teams in the league so far. Ooh. So something to keep an eye on. If you want to yell at Matt about his power rankings and where your team ranks, find him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. You can find me at BD Peacock. We'll be back tomorrow with another Sunday six-pack Chris Raybon of the Action Network. We're making picks. We're already here. Week five this season is 
humming along. And we've got you covered every day right here, Peacock and Williamson.